you know, I've been in pharmacy practice for many years now, and I've, I've found that we often get used to technology shortfalls to, to the point where we think we have standard work, but it's really a standard work around. So we started on this project in an effort to kind of create a burning platform for change was to do a really high level gap analysis so that we could communicate a vision for a better process, right? Uh, we, we could make it obvious that those, that standard work was in fact a workaround, that there were ways to automate processes that were still manual, but worked. I'm Adam Bolka, and this is the Great Supply Chain Podcast. I'll be talking to supply chain experts from around the world, experts who are tackling challenges in their corner of the industry. People are change makers that drive innovation. That's why this supply chain podcast is about learning from those who lead by example. I hope that the conversations you hear will inspire you to drive change within your organization. Let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Great Supply Chain Podcast. I'm Adam Bolka. Today, we're going to talk about achieving the impossible. Popular perception is that pharmacy operations need to stand alone because they're too complex and heavily regulated to be part of a health system's overall supply chain. Parkview Health, the award-winning Indiana-based non-for-profit community-based health system, has proven otherwise. Their recent project proved that complete transparency into medical, surgical, and pharmaceutical supply purchases and inventory is possible with the right technology and collaboration. Joining me today is Corey Turner, who is sitting down with the Parkview team to have a conversation. Corey? Thanks, Adam, and glad to be here with the Parkview team. Joining me today are key members of that team who are responsible for this successful project. Donna Van Valer, Senior Vice President, Support Division. Chris Jellison, Vice President of Pharmacy. Jesse Stanton, VP of Supply Chain. And Aaron Lane, Director, Support Division, Operations and Systems. Donna, let's kick things off with you. Can you share an exciting success story of collaboration between the hospital supply chain and pharmacy departments that led to such a remarkable efficiency gains and growth? Thanks, Corey. Happy to share a good example. So, we in supply chain strive for so many years to create the perfect order, which had alignment between numerous departments within your hospital, finance, supply chain, demand planning, inventory management. Bringing these best practices to our pharmacy team has been a way to find optimization. And that required us to have a common base where we were willing to work together, not threatened um, by each team's capabilities and bringing those synergies together. For example, um, we have utilizing some of the same trucks to transport uh, items. We're sharing the same IT platforms. Um, and we're, sh we're also sharing point of use capabilities. So between inventory management, point of use, demand planning, these were talents that we were able, that we'd refined in supply chain, but we were able to collaborate with and partner with our, our friends in pharmacy to make sure that we were creating that perfect order. One of the things I hear a lot in the industry is supply chain on the med surge side and a hospital side doesn't speak the same language as a pharmacy department does. Now, you've mentioned in the past, Donna, that there was an aha moment between 
you guys and Chris's team on the pharmacy side. Can you can you explore that just a little bit about how that happened and, and the steps that were taken? Sure. So when we looked at having a more collaborative relationship between our pharmacy and our supply chain team, in the early design phases, we were all sitting around a table talking about various processes and thinking that there were differences between pharmacy and supply chain and how we operated. But at the end of the day, we recognized it was really just a, a language, a common use of language. So once we had alignment of those and we shared with each other those definitions and those common stories, we were able to then weave together the various elements and recognize that there were, were a lot of synergy between the two departments and a lot of commonality. It was just really about making sure that we had that early dialogue and collaborative relationship with our teammates. So Jesse, can you take a moment and narrate a situation where you identified an opportunity to streamline processes within the hospital supply chain or within the pharmacy departments that resulted in significant improvements in efficiency and cost savings? Corey, that is a great question. Our, our collaborative nature with our pharmacy departments has been longstanding. I recall a situation back in my early years within supply chain where we realized an opportunity to be able to standardize regulated waste disposal, including that of pharmaceutical waste disposal. We found an opportunity where our end users were not appropriately disposing of the regulated waste and pharmaceutical waste appropriately. We worked with our pharmacy team to develop education and also worked with that team to be able to develop an appropriate waste stream identification for those different types of pharmaceutical waste. In the end, it created a great efficiencies from a front-end perspective, allowing end users to quickly realize what waste stream to be able to dispose of their pharmaceuticals and also the regulated waste. And on the back end, it allowed us to be able to more efficiently dispose of that regulated waste in a manner for which it was appropriate under regulatory demands. So Jesse, when you're, when you're going into a project such as this, how do you prioritize cost containment and quality patient care? We struggle with this daily. Uh, on one side, um, all of our end users want us to be able to save money, but also we're focused on good quality patient outcomes. I, I would say that no supply chain activity occurs in a silo. And to be fair, all of our goals is to be collaborative and be integrated across all hospital lines, not focused only on cost, but also on quality and outcomes. And talking about these, you know, different priorities, what strategies have you employed to achieve these outcomes in terms of, you know, both efficiency and patient satisfaction? One of the biggest strategies that we employ is our collaborative nature and our clinical integration. Recently, we've uh, collaborated with our prairie operative areas, along with our clinical leadership, revenue integrity, biomed, OR, pharmacy, and our infection prevention on a multidisciplinary 360 collaborative review on all new technology products and services coming to the health system. This allows us to use this vehicle as a system-wide value analysis platform to review all products, services, and technology coming to the health system where we focus on quality and safety. We are also focused on being good stewards as well from a financial standpoint. Moving over to you now, Erin, um, can you take a moment and describe a notable instance 
where you stimulated growth within the hospital supply chain or within the pharmacy departments? Um, yes, I'm going to go back to uh, to a project we did with with Texas some time ago, where we implemented the Texas point of use into our perioperative areas. Um, we as we got that implemented and we started looking at at uh, our processes, I noticed a, a really large gap in how we manage our preference cards. So uh, we got together with the with our perioperative leadership and. One of the things we learned, if you go, um, if you go to physicians and you tell them, for instance, you know, every time you do this case, this item's coming back to us. Can we take that off of the preference card? Um, they're they're not going to listen to you. But if you go to them with analytics and you can show them that data, they're going to they're going to be able to see black and white. Yes, this is true, and you're going to have a lot better chance of them cooperating uh, to, to implement the change. So, so we did this, we partnered with, um, with our doctors, with our clinicians uh, on, on optimizing the preference cards because we had, we had a few areas um, that, were, or that were not efficient to us. One, the, you know, we would pick the cases, we'd send it out to the case, and then we would get the items back and we'd put them away. So you had waste from the supply chain team in, in, in those you know, unneeded processes. There's in, in preference cards, there's open and PRN items. So the open items are, you know, are supposed to be used every time that you have a case in the PRN or, or as needed. Well, our, our problem rooted back to um, the doctors basically ran the preference cards. They managed the preference cards. If they wanted this item on the card, then they just had it added. So you had kind of controlled chaos. You had uh, physicians using all kinds of different supplies for the same procedure. Um, and, and as we got looking to that, we were able to go with the Texas analytics and show them, you know, this, you know, the variance in cost on these supplies, the, you know, the, you know, you, you're, you're doing like procedures. So there's really no reason, you know, when the outcome's the same to use a more expensive item or a less expensive item. So um, the other thing is, is optimizing those cards, not just from the supplies that are on there, but what's open and what's PRN. So we were seeing all these open items that were coming back to us to be put away. Well, how does an open item come back to be put away? And when we, you know, when we investigated it, it was because the the nurses were using tribal knowledge. They knew when they got these supplies, well, Dr. Smith's never going to use this, so I'm not going to open it unless he does need it. And, and so those had come back. And where you really have problem with, without these analytics, without the data to be able to look and to make these changes is you've got new nurses, you've got traveling nurses, you've got, you know, people that don't have that tribal knowledge. So now these items are being open, they're not being used, and all you have is obsolescence. You have no revenue, you just have the expense. So through the course of, of using the, the Texas analytics and being able to partner with the perioperative teams, we were able to standardize the supplies, get only open items as open items so that they're, they're open, they're used every single case, and, and then the PRNs, uh, you know, as needed. So, so it, was a, it was a successful project in, in eye-opening for the organization um, when we had that 
when we had the data, when we had the analytics to be able to, to drive that, that change in the status quo. Well, that's great, Aaron. That's just another example, you know, much as we're talking about just bringing the pharmacy departments and the med surge departments together in collaboration, you know, that was a perfect example of how you do that on the clinical side in the OR as well. So throughout this, throughout this journey with the Parkview team, you know, collaboration, I feel like is a key theme between all departments. And that's what's made you guys really successful on the pharmacy side, on the clinical side, perioperative supply chain. You know, it's just a very good example of how, you know, working together as a team, as a true team, not just as a supply chain group, can can really just make waves in an, in an organization. So thank you for that. Chris, can you take a moment and, and share with us a story of how, you know, implementing a technology solution within your pharmacy department, within a pharmacy department, um, really resulted in improved processes or outcomes? Sure, happy to, Corey. And I'm going to continue on the collaboration theme that we've got going on here. Perfect. And, and the importance of, of bringing uh, strategic vendors together to achieve a solution. In this case, getting you know the, the established uh, Parkview inventory management vendor, uh, Texas, uh, the you know, medication distribution cabinet uh, vendor that we use. That's a strategic partner for pharmacy. Our finance, our financial systems, obviously the vendor there is a very strategic vendor for Parkview, uh, as well as the medication wholesalers and bringing all, you know, all stakeholders like that to the table uh, to design and build a solution where every stakeholder benefits is, is uh, you know, an optimal outcome. And so having those strategic relationships, leveraging those strategic relationships, ensuring that everyone, um, you know, understands the, the processes from the beginning to the end and, and why particular, um, particular things may be needed in that, whether they be regulatory or, you know, Jesse mentioned waste stream. How do we make sure that we pay attention to those things as we're designing a system? making sure that all of the products that we interact with interface seamlessly to drive as much operational efficiency as possible. Those are all really important outcomes and having collaborative relationships with all of our strategic vendors really helped ensure success. So uh, that's great. And, and, and I'm sure as our audience will be able to um, relate to the question now is that, you know, in a hospital situation, when we're when we're getting multiple parties together, multiple departments together, developing this collaborative approach, there's always going to be resistance. There's there's going to be that resistance to change if it's a new way of doing things. So, tell me a little bit about that. Was there a lot of resistance within your department within the pharmacy uh, world, and how did you how did you navigate that? Yeah, I mean that's a really good that's a really good point, Corey, because. Um, I, there's going to be resistance to change regardless. That's just human nature. Um, and, you know, I've, I've found, I've, you know, I've been in pharmacy practice for many years now, and I've, I've found that we often get used to technology shortfalls to, to the point where we think we have standard work, but it's really a standard work around, if that makes sense. So we started um, on this project uh, in an effort to kind of create a burning platform for change was to do a really high level gap analysis so that we could communicate a vision for a better process, 
right? Uh, we, we could make it obvious that those, that standard work was in fact a workaround, that there were ways to automate processes that were still manual, but worked. And I, I think that was key to our success in getting our teams engaged and wanting to, to drive to a solution that made sense. And, I, you know, it, it's hard work, right? Change is hard work. Um, and so the, the, the important thing to do is, as Donna mentioned earlier, being a, a visionary navigator, right? It's, it's, it's one thing to have a vision and it's another thing to paint a picture so that people can, can imagine what that journey looks like and know that, it, that it's possible to get there. So taking a step back um, from that, if you had to offer our audience a couple of you know key lessons learned out of an experience like this, bringing these departments together, bringing this collaborative approach, and building this culture within pharmacy and you know med surge supply chain, what would that be? Um, you know, not to be glib, but I wouldn't recommend that people do it in the middle of a pandemic. For <laughs> That's one a thing. good point. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> but but to be honest, it's 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 really making sure that you've got a good a good project plan. And, and Texas has been uh, amazing at, at creating a project plan and tracking the project. Um, and then making sure that the project is properly resourced at every step along the way. Um, with a good project plan, you can anticipate resource demands and you know forward position resources to the extent that you can. Um, because you just don't, you don't want those delays that might result in a loss of momentum in the project. That's great, Chris. Thank you so much for that. Back over to you now, Aaron, uh, to kind of wrap things up. Um, you mentioned data earlier when you were discussing, you know, the collaborative approach that you have with uh, the perioperative world. So how do you prioritize that? You, the use of the data, you know, KPIs, analytics to drive operational efficiency. How, how do you, as a supply chain leader, prioritize that? Well, I think that, I think you take the the analytics that you have with the texas platform and you you try to boil down the the biggest bang for the buck and that's where you're going to start you know you're going to start with with the the areas that have the most meat on the bone and work your way work your way down from there um and you know we've been at this for over a decade with texas this partnership um we've had a vision uh going back over 10 years uh to have end-to-end -end visibility of our supply chain along with the analytics to go along with that and we've we've mastered it in the med surge area we've mastered it in perioperative and now we've got the 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 footprint in place in the pharmacy world to be able to to look at analyze find those areas for improvement in in uh you know make the pharmacy as efficient as we've done with the med surge and with the, with the perioperative world. No, that's great. Um, you know, I'd love to hear one final thought, even from each of you guys, as we go around the, the horn here, data is king in our world. We know that in supply chain and pharmacy and, and healthcare in general, you know, true data that we can make decisions off of. Give me one quick example of how you leveraged data to make a decision. What, what, if something popped into your head right now, Aaron, what would that be? Luckily, Jesse and Chris have time to ponder. For <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say 
as questions come from our customers, from our end users, uh, there's there's generally there's data that you can dig into that you can find, not just you know not just an off the cuff answer for them, but but something concrete like like the example with the physicians they they don't want to hear lip service they don't want to hear you know what what you think they want to see that data they want to see um, they want to see in black and white the proven uh, capability to to get where you want to go. Jesse, what about you? Well, you had said it earlier, is that you want actionable data, but I think no one really realizes what is that action. And Aaron kind of spoke to it, is that providers, they, they deal in black and whites, and a lot of times they want to see the data. You just don't come to them with an opportunity without having the data to back up whatever decision that you're trying to drive that decision um, process. So not only do you have to have that, that data, you have to put it into pieces for which are really actionable. And they have to, to, to correspond across a continuum of different variables, not only about costs, but quality and outcomes. So you have to be able to merge that data to be able to leverage for recommended decision making. So I always say the supply chain doesn't make any decisions. We just provide information. We provide data so that the providers can make the best best decisions possible off the data that we, we can provide. Now, that's a great point. And Chris, I'm sure that you guys in the pharmacy don't use any kind of data for any decision making that you do, do you? <laughs> yeah, we use a lot of data in a lot of ways. Right. Um, you know, one interesting thing about uh, this this particular project is it does give us some insight into um, workload that gives us uh, information about what a staffing model should look like that isn't just based anecdotally on coworkers saying, uh, you know, we're getting killed at this time or so, and, you know, I see three people standing around at some other time, you know, it gives us a, a big picture of what that operation looks like, how many picks they're doing, how long does the receiving process take, what's the, what are the, you know, what are the pain points in some of the ordering processes. And our ability to see that and quantify it really does help us create as efficient an operation as possible, having the right people in the right place at the right time. Thanks for that great insight, Chris, on that. And that's all we have time for today. I want to thank Donna, Chris, Jesse, and Aaron for taking the time to join our conversation today. Back to you, Adam. This concludes this episode of the Great Supply Chain Podcast. I hope our discussion has shed some light on how taking a thoughtful, integrated approach to pharmacy supply chain can lead to some pretty impressive things. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Until next time, I'm Adam Polka. Well, that's it for this episode, folks. I hope our guests sparked some new ideas and inspired you to push the boundaries of supply chain. New podcasts will be published on the first of every month. In the meantime, please reach out with your thoughts or questions or even an idea for a future episode. You can email us at texaspodcast at texas.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as a new episode goes live. And please share it with a colleague and leave a review. Until then, this has been the Great Supply Chain Podcast. I'm Adam Polka, and thank you for tuning in.